You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on The Cooligans, we have a very serious and important conversation about all the recent news in NWSL. Uh, we then talk about Comebol, the upcoming match days, U.S. men's national team, and a brand new statue in L.A. That's right. Plus, we talked to Sebi Salazar of ESPN. Absolutely incredible. Finally got him on the show. We talk everything about where Mexico is, where the men's national team is. And also, we have a very fun conversation you have to watch regarding Bob Bradley. That <laughs> and more today on the Cooligans! Yo, it's me, Dave Vianich here, and I've been hanging out with the Cooligans, having a nice, and I hope you've been having a nice too. Yeah, baby! Okay. Come on. Let's begin. Let's get ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. That's right, it is. And my name is Alexis Guerrero. Okay, we got a fun and exciting and serious show today. A mm. lot to discuss today, but we're excited about today's guest. We have uh, Sebastian Salazar. Oh, from wow. You gave ESP. him the church, the church pronunciation. <laughs> okay. Uh, it sounds like, you know, the principal's calling him in, calling him in from the, in the loud, on the loudspeaker. Uh-oh, uh-oh you in trouble, <laughs> Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian Salazar of ESPN FC and Football, uh, Football Americas. Uh, uh, he's joining us later today to talk uh, Comebol, to talk CONCACAF, USMNT, uh, and a lot of other subjects like DC United and uh, Leagues Cup, uh, a lot to cover. Uh, but we have to start uh, today's show uh, on a more serious note because uh, this is our first op- opportunity uh, to discuss uh, what's been going on with the NWSL uh, the the recent news the the I mean the the bombshell of an article from from Meg Linehan friend of the show uh, uh, Katie Strang uh, as well who co wrote the article and uh, the 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 issues of uh, of sexual harassment sexual abuse uh, uh, coercion uh, a a, a I want to that- say that they brought them to light but apparently they had been brought to light. Yeah. And buried, which is not how you <laughs> handle these things. Right. So, look, it, when it comes to a, uh, you know, issues like these in the workplace, we know that that women face challenges in the workplace that that men do not. That is obvious. You know, we are uh, you know, we've tried to be a, a, a you know, a, a show where we simply uh, you know, we're not actively thinking about like, let's get female soccer players on the show for any kind of uh, a we're weird. Just like, al- let's just get soccer players. We don't yeah, care. We, just, we don't we're, care we're, what, what, or with sex, with this, with that. <laughs> don't matter to us. If you kick a ball and get paid for it, we want to talk to you. You <laughs> okay. feel me? Your life is more interesting than ours. Uh-huh. Right? So we're interested. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've had plenty of NWSL players uh, on the show and, to hear about, uh, you know, th- these things that happen in, in many workplaces, you, maybe it's us being naive. Maybe we just think, oh, these these players, they're, they're the best players in the world. They are icons. They are heroes to so many. Uh, they probably don't deal. They don't deal with the same things. Right. And right. how wrong were we? Right. Yeah, because absolutely. The, Especially when you think of. You know, wanting to be a coach in a, in a league that's uh, a women's league, you'd almost think like you've been vetted or you, you know, you made it to a point where 
the the creeps and the weirdos have been sort of, you know, I mean, if you got into it for a reason other than the love of the game, you've kind of been pushed out of the game. And it's shocking to see that even at a high level, those things persist and to figure it to find, it just feels so odd to me that, um, and, and this is again, our naivety, but in a league for women, women felt uncomfortable about coming out about, um, about a, a man who was a, a predator. You know what I mean? It's like, this feels like the place where you kind of should be able to say that. And this right. felt like the place where you would have people that have your, your back. So in light of this article and incredible, uh, you know, reporting, uh, shouts again, uh, to Meg Linhan and, and who was the, uh, Katie, 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 and Katie, absolute incredible reporting. And obviously, you know, shouts to, uh, Mana Shim, um, and, and fairly, uh, who, who went, who put themselves on the line and told yeah. their story. Uh, a lot of things and a lot of the players that came to defend them like an Alex Morgan who put out, well, here's what I know about what happened. I've been trying to say it. And here's an email I got from Lisa Baird. And that led to that. Plus this reporting led to Lisa Baird's resignation, um, you know, from from the NWSL. We've had uh, Lisa Baird on the show. She was on the show a a couple months ago. Uh, There's just so much uh, reading. The article was truly heartbreaking, right? You're you're it's like, Paragraph after paragraph of really no one stepping up to to resolve this issue, right? And right. obviously we're, we're we're talking about head coach, uh, former head coach of uh, uh, the North Carolina Courage, Paul Riley, who was previously the head coach of the Portland Thorns, and where the the initial uh, 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 accusation and and investigation happened, but. He, he, you know, he. There's, there's so many things at play because so many people clearly dropped the ball. There are, uh, you know, Thorns management for n- not being very clear about why he was, uh, why his contract wasn't renewed. There, and the, the, the former NWSL commissioner who, you know, when this investigation is happening and you have this information, it shouldn't be where, you know, six months later. Paul Riley has another job. Like when you hear the allegations of like trying to take a, a, a player out on a date and, and constantly or, getting them drunk. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yo. not a person answering, that should be around young women answering the door to your office in your underwear. That wouldn't fly in any other job. Right. If that happened at a Chipotle, there would be, <laughs> I mean, that person would be fired. How exactly. is this allowed in the NWSL? And then on top of that, it's the questions have to be asked because if uh, the email that Alex Morgan sent that that said, "Hey, I just want to remind you, Lisa Bear, you're new in the job. Hey, there yeah. was this uh, this thing that happened in Portland. You might want to take a look at it." And for her to respond, "Hey, that investigation was already closed. Enjoy your day," which seems cold. I want to know what happened in that investigation. Who led that investigation? Why right. was it? Why was this person able to get another job? Why did they? Why did the Thorns front office and or, or whoever was involved in that? Which could, by the way. We know a lot of the people that work for Portland and, and some of these clubs. These are good people. I don't know who led this investigation. I'm not talking about yeah, yeah. that. Everyone else, you know, like the person in in the, you know, the person who just got the job in the marketing department, they're the ones that have to deal with this. You know what I mean? Right, they're the right. ones that are seeing the tweets. It's like that. It's it's not going to, to the top level. So it's a shame that they have to deal with the with the sins of some of these other folks. But I'm glad that someone actually has to sort of answer. It's like, how did this investigation lead? Who, who led the investigation? Right. What were the results? And then the question becomes, what happens next? You know, you and I are big fans of the league and we want to see the league survive. Can the league survive 
something like yeah, this. Yeah, look, and, and there seems to be a, a, a reckoning now where so many players are coming out. Uh, I, I saw uh, um, Lisa Devana. She uh, plays for the, for the Matildas. Uh, and uh, there's a, a Venezuelan, I forgot her name, uh, a Venezuelan player that uh, plays uh, in, in Spain right now. Uh, and everybody's saying, like, this is a, 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 a problem. This is, this, is, uh, this is not just NWSL. This is happening all over the world. Um, and, and the frustrating thing now, you know, NWSL p- did put out a statement saying, like, we're going to reopen that investigation. We're going to look into all these details. But why couldn't that have been Lisa Baird's response when Alex Morgan reaches out to her? Like, there has to be, there, there, there seems to be, you know, th- that same issue with, with a lot of institutions where they protect the, the institution more Versus than, than the, pl- the people in it, yeah. Than the players. And, and that seemed to be the case where, and I think, you know. Th- this also, ha- to get to that point, you don't have an NWSL without the players. Right, right. You can't and- have two logos fight each other in Photoshop. Exactly. You need and, and, people to wear the, that kit and play that game. Yeah, I, I mean, Meg Linehan has been on uh, on several TV shows, kind of mentioning this as well about how there's a, there's a little bit of fear of calling out the league because there there's a fear that the league will fold and it will fall apart, and any negative news will you know will will the league will end up dissolving because it, it happened to uh, WPS, the WUSA, the two former uh, leagues before NWSL, and there's a lot of people that were in that in those leagues that dealt with that that are afraid that it will happen again. Um, but I have but- I have an idea though. I think if it is going to survive, and I hate saying this because it's even more pressure put on these folks, but I think it's going to be off the strength of the former players. You know, the, the former leaders, the the folks who had been here before, women's national team players that are retired now. It's going to take those folks coming back and maybe writing this ship. And for a lot of people that are saying like, "Oh, the league may fail; it doesn't make money." MLS has claimed to not made money still. You know what I mean? Never. Uber still don't make money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe there needs to be like additional funding or something or, or fundraising that happens to be able to stabilize the league. And also what a great opportunity for someone with or, or, or corporation with the vision of what this league can be and what the ratings can be and what it showed during uh, quarantine and, and what, you know, the women's national team ratings are that can say, you know what, maybe an investment now is going to lead to a, great uh you know a great return on investment in the future maybe that can happen and i hopefully some of the former players can come back and be those leaders some of the players like uh carly lloyd who's retiring maybe she can stay on and be a bit of a front office leader and it's unfortunate because they they've already done their job you know i mean they did what they had to do but maybe that's what it's going to have to take to sort of correct this and to make sure that you know stuff like this doesn't happen in the future yeah, uh, clearly the 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 league in itself, uh, you know, ha- has to continue to grow and 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 stabilize and and get these bad people out of the game. I mean, it, it's uh, you know, I'm this is this especially with coaching. You know, you you're in a position of power. The players are in a vulnerable vulnerable position where they they they're looking for your respect. They're they're looking for minutes. They 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 they're trying their absolute hardest, and no player should feel like you know that that they have to uh uh they, that they can be taken advantage of or do something that they don't want right. to do you just to simply do their, do to, their job to let like the league survive we, or so, our guest coming up sebastian salazar said this on, on football americas and i really liked it because he said he mentioned that that he was uh you know he's a coach and there is no room for any ambiguity about about the safety of players and the comfort right. of players. You are a coach. You have to 
hold yourself uh, like to a very very high standard you get one chance you mess up once that's it no people are not going to trust you parents are not going to trust you yeah 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 yeah, like it's not the Catholic Church. You don't just get to move to a different parish. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and that's the kind of thing where you. It's not about protecting the 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 institution, right? That right, we all c- can agree with that. But it, it takes that bravery to say, "Hey, this has to stop right now." And to have, you know, three coaches just in the in the last couple of months deal, you know, have these accusations come out. Like that's it. The players are done with it. They 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 don't have to deal with this like mental emotional sexual abuse to simply do their jobs that that's yeah. the the thing and that- to not even be paid well enough like bethany balser who's you know trying to end the side hustles and all that and she's very yeah. open about i mean could you imagine all that pressure of you know uh, all this happening to you and you know what i mean and and on top of that you can't even pay your bills it's like right. everything mounts that- on top and, and then you have to an- play. And then right. you have to play the game. That's another like, and that's a, a longer conversation too, because the players don't get paid enough to simply say, "Yo, let me. I'm going to walk away from this abuse." They have yeah. to like, they they want the, the opportunity to keep playing, to maybe playing the national exactly. team. It's a manipulation and, cycle. Right. It's, it's right. a real shame. So, but uh, like I said, that's why hopefully maybe some of those former players, maybe those players that are retiring, some of the ones that we look at as leaders, whether it's politically or in their community. Maybe they can come back and have some type of leadership role, kind of like uh, Yael has done for Gotham FC. Maybe use that as a bit of a model uh, to show that, you know what, you can be a leader and you can stop these things from happening, hopefully by being there and showing that there is a path forward and there is someone who's going to listen to you because what's happened already should never happen again. And it's a damn shame that it did. Exactly. All right, Christian, let's talk about Commonwealth World Cup qualifying, because as you know, Fubo is the official streaming home of the Commonwealth World Cup qualifying We've talked about it before. And uh, World Cup qualifying uh, is not going as smoothly for everyone. Although, it's starting to settle into the first, second, and the third. Although, Mm -hmm. Uruguay may may have a little bit of a test coming up. We got another uh, three-match week coming up. What are you looking at? Right now, that uh, Brazil-Colombia from the second match day is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, Colombia is at home. Uh, Colombia, again, I say it week after week, but Colombia is is just underachieving. This is your home. This is your home home country. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Right. Um, But... A point against Brazil. Brazil has not even drawn a game. This is going to be really, really tough. But Colombia at home, she should at least be able to get a point uh, against Brazil. Well, so much has happened for the uh, for these two teams, right? Uh, Rafa Benitez came out and said, James Rodriguez needs to basically stop playing video games uh, <laughs> and care about the sport if he wants to, you know, be mm-hmm. better. And Mbappe called Neymar a bum. You feel me? So like both teams, they got they got a little bit of reckoning here. You know I mean? They got a lot to prove. Okay, uh, are you a bum uh, or not? You know what I mean? So um, and for that, those of yeah. you who don't know, it's a, it's match day eleven. Then next comes match day five, mm. and then next comes match day twelve. Just as you remember learning in school. Uh, so the second simple, match day, match day simple maths. Yeah, okay? right. right. The abacus done got shifted a little bit. Um, match day five, which is the second match day. It's Uruguay versus Argentina. And then match day 12, it's Uruguay versus Brazil. So, you know, you want to stay away. There's a little bit of a bundle between uh, position four and position uh, seven. There's a little bit of a, of a cramp status there. And everybody wants yeah. to stay away from that fifth for that fifth spot. But Uruguay seems to be like the team. Everyone agrees uh, that should be third. Right. You know, they're they're pretty stable. They play very defensively. They've got some great players that are towards the end of their career, like uh, Suarez and Cavani. So this mm-hmm. should be like a really big year for them. But this is a big test. You know, what I mean, if they walk out of here. 
uh, not having not won both of these, they could be back in that playoff position hunt, I'm, which I'm, you don't want to be. I'm simply concerned uh, about Uruguay a little bit, especially since they they scored 13 goals, but they've allowed 10. Yeah, uh, for a third very unlike pl- them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for a, a team in third place is is a a bit surprising. So I think that you know third and fourth are still up for grabs. Any of uh, you know from from uh, Ecuador, Colombia, Paraguay could very much uh, take one of those uh, one of those two spots. So Paraguay is another team uh, uh, that that I. Also, I think just underachieving. They have a big game uh, against uh, against Chile. Uh, there's, there's, you know, and, and I, would, I just want to put this out into the universe because you know we see him week in, week out for NYCFC. But Jesus Medina, uh, you know, he's been posting. He he, he, he does the the subtweets when he when he when he didn't get called up. He hasn't gotten a, a senior call up uh, to the the Paraguayan national team. Uh, and I think. There's an there's an opportunity. Get him at camp. Just see what yeah. he's what he's up to. See what we'll see what he looks like. See what the chemistry is. But Let him train against some of the other players. Let's see exactly. what he can do in training. Come on. Exactly. You know he's, he's been, been playing well too for NYCFC. Exactly. This year I think has been a, a, a kind of transformative year for him. For him, he's been growing up, maturing, uh, uh, getting some uh, bigger goals. Yeah, there are opportunities. You know, I think even NYCFC fans want a little bit more. But I think there's. There, it's time to give him an opportunity. So I hope with you know in this window or or, or the next window uh, before the World Cup, we he gets at least one opportunity. I think it's well deserved. Damn. Yeah, and uh, look, the U.S. has a has a lot going for it as well. Uh, pretty tough matchup. We've got Jamaica, uh, which is happening. Uh, Today, right? Today, right, happened, right, yeah. right after this. Yeah, you're right after switch this. over on ESPN. So thank you for watching us, the official <laughs> pregame. Of, uh, <laughs> and then we got Panama and then Costa Rica, which, you know, the way the way we've been playing over the last over the summer, you would imagine these are three teams that we could easily beat, right? We beat Mexico twice in, in uh, finals. Even with our C squad, we beat them. But mm. as it's proven, World Cup qualifying, everyone juices up a little bit different. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. They, right. People, they do a couple more pushups before the match. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, you look, we, we need whatever happened in those summer tournaments. We need more of that. If we need just some more Kellen Acosta, just shit housing, just being an absolute, just dip, being annoying. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Yo. <laughs> Turn it up. To eleven, <laughs> dude. But maybe we need to poke him in the in the in the side a little bit before the match, just to get him going. You know what I mean? Okay, bring out the 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 Quincy Ameriqua tactics. You know, yes. whispering in people's ears. Right? And- you got to get in their brains. You feel me? You got to get in their minds. Get them off their game. Uh, but Jamaica's going to be tough. Panama's going to be tough. Costa Rica's going to be tough. Do you have any predictions? How do you think we're going to fare in this uh, three match uh, week? Um, so the, I think the good news for the U S men's national team, uh, Mikel Antonio of West Ham is not playing for Jamaica. There's, uh, there's obviously, uh, issues with, uh, Premier League players, players in the UK, uh, they can't travel COVID restrictions. It is, it is a, uh, a Brexit punishment. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to leave Europe. Okay. Well now you're going to have got no gas (laughs) and now you good players can't play in the Caribbean. And now the muffins are $4,000. Deal with it. <laughs> so, um, uh, but also we don't have Christian Pulisic uh, as yeah. well. So that is, um, you know, a, a challenge uh, for for us as well. So um, uh, it, it's uh, Jamaica, Costa Rica. What's the uh, who and else? Panama? Panama and is Panama. the second match. There, um, yeah. I think uh, win against um, Jamaica. Uh, uh, 
win against Panama and draw against uh, Costa Rica. I think U.S. win all three because uh, McKenney's back, baby. Yeah. You feel me? So double lock that room. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ain't going. Yeah. You know, but, uh, let's pick a hotel far from any nightclubs <laughs> or bars. Turn on the the Find My iPhone app on right? him. Like, you or just, we need to know where you are iPhone, all the time. Uh, what do they call Air tags? Just put one on his jersey. You feel me? Let's just keep track of which one of the nicest shoes you brought. Oh, it's these, these off-whites? Clip. I, you ain't wearing them to the club without no, us you, knowing. You, know, you gotta, you gotta just scuff up his sneakers, dirty all his shoes. He's not gonna want to go out. He's like, look at oh, the sneakers. Could you think of anything more cruel? <laughs> Damn, I let you know Christian ain't a fashion dude right there. You said scuff a man's shoes. I'd be off the team. Weston McKenney picks Mexico as <laughs> his new national team because of that. Hola, I am from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hola, everybody. Uh, Donde está el Chipotle? You know, uh, a lot of Chipotle references. Buy an ad on the show. All right, Alexis. I don't know if you saw this recently. Some LA Galaxy news. Uh, friend of the show, friend of ours, yeah. uh, Landon Donovan. <laughs> for 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 years. Okay, yeah. uh, we go back uh, a long time. But Landon Donovan had a statue uh, unveiled, made for him. LA Galaxy honoring the 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 you know the the MVP. MVP trophy, the, the, who the name, MVP trophy is uh, right. named after. Uh, so we finally uh, saw everybody was waiting. We heard about the news and boom, here it is. Look at this. Uh, Not only did I see it, I can't unsee it. Uh, whoever, whoever made the statue, whoever they hired at LA Galaxy to make the statues, because the, the David Beckham one is also kind of weird. But this one, I don't know. I, I don't know if a lot of fans don't know this. This is actually a pose of his. Uh, after he scored a very famous goal uh, for LA Galaxy, where shortly after he celebrated by eating local children. <laughs> Why does his face look like this, dude? Why? I, okay, so look, when I first saw it, I didn't think it was that bad. Okay, this is, but this goes to show. Who you are and who I am. As soon as I saw I, this, I, I said, find, why are you disrespecting a legend on your team? And Christian's like, let's find the positive. I just, you know, I, I find beauty in everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which and is why this- you said yes to working with me so many years ago. So it's only fair. So look, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's horrible. It's, I, and I think the, no, when I saw some of the, great, dude. when I saw the reaction uh, to it, I'm like, it's not, I don't think the reaction is uh, uh, completely accurate to how you know, quote unquote, poor it is. I I don't think it's really that bad. This is the issue. The problem with with statues when you make a bronze sculpture, you take a big chance when you want to show teeth. When you show teeth on on a statue, you're really you're. It has to be. <laughs> teeth really is unfortunate. To, you have to nail it perfectly because yeah. this it can look a little scary. I don't know who said this on Twitter. Somebody said like, "Wow, statue technology is really." regressed over the last few thousand years <laughs> you know they used to be really good at it you know and but, now but, we have i guess what the makeup people from the walking dead got to make this one <laughs> this is horrific this is scary to, uh, the the homie Lindsay Lindsay adair she had tweeted uh this but she just uh reminded me that that this statue looks like the urukai from from lord of the rings it looks like one of the orcs uh which made me laugh immediately so, so hey, funny. Uh, raise your hand if you're watching this and that plane of a reference also <laughs> flew over your head if you heard that but <laughs> this is this is the real problem right now, nowadays, nowadays, 
there's a like an avant-garde this is this modern bronze sculpture uh, attempt to add emotion to these statues. You know, we were just at the Emirates. I, I saw the Dennis Bergkamp statue. It, had, it was a classic statue, not much detail, just looking looking chiseled, the chiseled version yeah, 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 of yeah. Dennis Bergkamp. Now, As if not, he was brooding when he scored that goal, you right. know? And, and, now, and now people are like, let's add emotion. Let's add some more character to these statues. But you're, you're going to a... It's, it, it looks... You're going to scare the little LA Galaxy children away with some of these these statues they're the, they're they're if, very bold if you haven't seen it this is what happens to your point when you add wrinkles in a bronze <laughs> face it's like remember when you were kids and you would put glue on your skin mm-hmm. and it would look like second skin and then you would kind of like wrinkle it or peel it off it looks like that like ah i'm scary my face, my skin's <laughs> falling off that's what this looks like they're also super generous with the amount of hair he has, but not that generous with my guy's hairline. I the mean, hairline. if you're gonna do it, go all the way. They could have been a little bit kinder, you know. There was a there was a point in time just embellish a little yeah. bit, you know? <laughs> sneak it up a little bit. It already doesn't look like him anyway. Give him give him the high school hairline. You get, he looks like he's mad about the hairline you yeah. gave him. Yeah, yeah. He actually looks like he's attacking the sculptor. <laughs> That's what the sculpture looks like. Like, <laughs> which might have happened at night. Yeah. This sculpture might have come alive. <laughs> so, um, look, in my opinion, is it is it terrible? I, I wouldn't use that word. I mean, it is it is a an artistic attempt, and it, it is a journey into a a uh, uh, you know trying to show a little bit more depth and character. And we the, should actually give them a moment. We should give them some credit because it takes a lot of guts and a lot of balls. To hire an LAFC fan to make the statue. I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> impressive. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation because the the whole day was. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were fights. A lot there were. Back and forth. There was wild disrespect on bo- both sides. Everybody was going crazy. Uh, yeah. So, we'll, but we'll talk about that that wild uh, air traffic in in the future. Uh, but we have our guest coming up. We have to talk to Sebi Salazar uh, of everything going on in, in Comebol, U.S. men's national team, because uh, he's going to be uh, working the, the U.S.-Jamaica uh, game. So uh, look out for that. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. We just want to break in with a word from one of our sponsors. Actually, it's us, and it's our Twitch channel. That's right. You know, you've seen us on, on Fubo TV. You've, seen, you've listened to us on the podcast. Maybe you've uh, clicked like on one of our personal seductive photos on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> you know how we love those body pics. <laughs> okay. We're trying to, we know the game, all right? We're not going to. Anything for, for likes and views, baby. Yo, that that's, you know, that's, that's what you got to do nowadays. But we're also on Twitch. We live stream uh, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Or Prem Show, uh, but we do other stuff as well. We do watch alongs. Uh, we, you know, we 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 uh, interview people. Uh, it's a, we play FIFA, uh, and we're gonna be doing a lot more stuff on there. So join us on Twitch. Hit the follow button. It is free. That's right. So just go to Twitch.tv/soccercooligans, or make it easy for yourself and just go to eltwitch.com. That's e l t w i t c h e dot com, and that'll bring you right to our account. And hit that follow button right now. What you waiting for? Christian, our guest is finally here. I am so thrilled uh. because this uh, this dude is uh, is someone who I've been a fan of for so long. You know how you have uh, you know people favorite players, yep. uh, uh, things that uh, that connect you emotionally to the game. 
And this man is one of those people. We're just like one of those uh, uh, shining lights in American soccer. And uh, it on I'm heavy. So, it's <laughs> long overdue. Long You're trying overdue to get in this guy's will? To, to get <laughs> I gotta be honest. I don't like him that much. I think he's great. <laughs> You've seen him on ESPN FC. You've seen him on Football Americas. Uh, you've, oh my God, DC legend. Uh, let me see if I get this right. Graduate of Westminster College. There we right? go. Which is famous for the dogs, I guess. The dogs, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Sebi Salazar, everybody. Wow. Sebi. What an what intro. Is good. Christian, you want to be right? an agent or what? What's going on here? <laughs> Sign me up. Okay. Yeah. Look, I'll, look I, I, I don't read any contracts, but you're going to get a lot of deals. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sign it, baby. <laughs> it don't matter. Sebastian Salazar, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us, man. Yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've come across each other uh, a couple times uh, throughout the years and uh and uh, look and it's 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 a crime that we haven't had you on the show yet but thank you so much for, for joining us uh i mean the first first place to begin right now obviously there's a lot going on when it comes to world cup qualifying and and i want to get uh you know to to the this business end of uh, of football right now because obviously the u.s men's national team uh, Concacaf, Bowl. Comable, we're on Fubo TV. There's a lot going on. The 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 it, it's tight right now as, as when it comes to two to five. It feels mm-hmm. like Brazil's gonna pretty much take it. But what have been your first thoughts about the especially these condensed match days in, in Comable and and it, it how how certain are we that Brazil and Argentina uh, have it as a lock to get through and make it to the World Cup? Yeah, so you said Brazil is a lock. I think both Brazil and Argentina are a lock. You're not wrong to suggest that Argentina are a bit off Brazil. Um, Brazil's going to run away with it as, as they have in the past. But I think those two are pretty clearly in. I think Uruguay is a very safe bet. I mean, I mean, I, them in third right now, there's, there's so many matches left to be played, still nine. But I think for me, the, the real story is just that the teams that have fallen off out of nowhere, like your, your Chiles, your Perus. Peru was, for me, a, a very good team, a team that deserved more at the last World Cup. Uh, and, and Chile was winning Copa America back-to-back in 2015 and 2016. And it's kind of one of those stories of when you have your old national teams and you don't really recycle the young guys yeah. in. Uh, you can see a drop-off. So I, I think that, for me, is the story of Conmebol. One, that Argentina's not going to have like a dramatic fourth or fifth-place finish where they desperately need something from Messi magic to get into the World Cup. I think they're going to avoid that drama this year. So now that you got Brazil and Argentina, and it's about, it's about everybody else. And I think, for me, really, that Ecuador-Colombia is, is going to be very, very interesting because I think that's probably the fault line there, right, of like who gets in and who doesn't. Now, who's been helped more now that Messi is playing with Neymar on the same team? They're both playing for PSG. Who benefits more, Argentina or Brazil, or do any of them? Well, it has to be Argentina, right? Because it's basically like um, PSG slash Buenos Aires, you know? <laughs> I mean, you got Di Maria, you got Paredes. I, I would just have to think that, that those three guys playing together, not just playing together, but training together, creating a real relationship is going to, is going to help Argentina a lot. Maybe Neymar ends up feeling left out. That's always seems to be the vibe with Neymar, no? Like wherever he goes, he always seems to have his feelings hurt, maybe not be included in the way he wants to be included. So um, of all the kind of fissures in that PSG <laughs> locker room that we, we always hear about, and I'm sure you guys having been just in Paris oh, yeah. um, know about it as well. You know, um, I, I think those might, those might be some interesting dynamics in that locker room more so than at the international stage. But I got to think if it helps anybody, right? 
it's just got to be Argentina because those guys are going to be living the dream there. In Paris yeah, yeah. I, I, the experienced Parisians like ourselves really, really <laughs> know the ins and outs of, of PSG. Yeah. But it was interesting because, speaking of Neymar, because uh, Mbappe just recently uh, had to re- respond to a comment. That apparently, mm-hmm. he called Neymar a bum. He was frustrated, but he didn't get a, a, a pass that he, he should have received. And he called him a bum. And then he's, and, you know, he responded by saying, like, this, this is how we talk to each other. It's over. It's not a big deal. But I feel like, I feel like it's a big deal. I don't. You don't call Neymar a bum that easily, and nobody's gonna. Everybody's also, gonna let it go. Also, there's only like four people that could call Neymar a bum, <laughs> and Mbappe might be one of them. And and, and many of them might be on his team, right? Because one of the yeah. other ones is definitely Messi, who can who can call him a bum. Look, I I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I feel like we pretend like we know these guys, like we we know what Neymar is like. But he does cut a sensitive figure, right? He does cut a, a figure of a guy who you're like, okay, this guy's in his feelings a lot for for right or for wrong. Um, and it, I don't say it influences his career because people would say that in a negative way, but I do, do think it impacts his career and his play. And, and that's probably all of us, right? Like our emotional state and whatever we're not doing when, when we come to work, it comes with us. Yeah. Okay. He does have a sad boy kind of uh, right? aura. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never you know, noticed that, but now I'm making sense. <laughs> you know, you can, no matter how like many tattoos brooding, you get. Like a brooding guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no matter how handsome, many. look like you're angry. It's like, <laughs> no, matter, no matter how many tattoos you get, you can't cover up your vulnerability. Right? So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he also does kind of look like he's about to cry every time he smiles. He does that, like, right, that wincing right. smile. And you're like, did someone step on your toe or are you happy right now? Which one has Rolling around on the ground for 10 extra seconds doesn't help any of it, right? So it's all part of the uh, okay, Yeah, it's part of the game. It's part of the game, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about U.S. men's national team. Obviously, uh, uh, US, uh, USA against Jamaica World Cup qualifying. Uh, you will be hosting uh, pre and post game. Uh, th- this is in, uh, a- an exciting time, an interesting time. Even especially you just mentioned the, 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 some of the national teams um, in, in South America and how when they keep their older veteran players, like mm. they, they tend to struggle a little bit and it seems wild now where i mean we barely have veteran players on this team <laughs> and it is going young uh i mean you you have two three good games in mls you're getting a call up right yeah. so what what is um what are you expecting especially out of this game against jamaica which will be on espn as well yeah man i mean it's it, it's it's a really good question it is such a young team i mean you know uh, we had hercules gomez eye over on uh, football america's the other day we had him build up his his like dream 11 and they are they are like kids, you know. You hate to be disrespectful because um, they're professionals, but but in terms of international soccer, they're at the very very beginnings um, of their career. Even guys who we we talk about as like established players in the national team, like Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, they're still so young. And and whatever their ages, whatever their European experiences, this is still their first real go around in in, in World Cup qualifying, where where games are in it, as much as can be in a soccer sense. Um, live or die so so I think very similar to the first three games I think kind of everything hedges on these three games because you hit the six out of 14 game mark um, I'm not I'm not a math genius here but you're basically at half at a halfway point and if you haven't started to win and win at home by then um, you're in really big problems so this first game against Jamaica and the second home game as well against Costa Rica on the 13th um, you know, not to overstate it, but they're must wins and their games where Greg Berhalter is going in with a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of young players. The only thing you should say about that is he also went into the Honduras second half with a lot of unanswered yeah. and, 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 and a lot of young players. And it worked out brilliantly. You know, they scored three goals in half an hour. So what do you when we look at Mexico, which is probably our biggest competition? I know Canada's doing really well. Mexico at the top. 
We had a great summer against them, and now they're leading uh, when it comes to World Cup qualifying. How do you think this Tata Martino uh, experiment, if we could call it that, how do you think it's gone so far? And do you think the Mexican fans have confidence in their manager? And do they have they ever had confidence in their manager? <laughs> no, no, and and that you know that trickles down probably is more do they have confidence in the team, right? Because the team is is responsible for not just years, but at this point decades of kind of frustration. You know, getting to the same point over and over again in a World Cup and not. Um, eventually getting over that hump. I, I think Tata Martino is a, to call it an experiment is an interesting word, right? They went out, they, they paid the most money they'd ever paid for a national team coach. They really kind of went all out on this guy who had not just the Barcelona on his resume, the Argentina on his resume uh, as well. I think there are so many good signs for Mexico. You know, there, there's so much promise in terms of what he was doing through 2019 up until the pandemic hits. Then the pandemic hits and two kind of critical things happen. Raul Jimenez gets injured in a very serious way. Um, and then this past summer, Chucky Lozano also gets injured. And so you go into those first World Cup qualifiers off of the Gold Cup, off of the Nations League, where Mexico, you know, you might say had better possession, created better chances in those games, but ultimately lost and lost to the United States, which is very significant down in Mexico. And there was real pressure on Tata Martino going into those games without like everybody at his disposal. Now you're sitting on top of the table. You've got those guys coming back. You've, you've survived what was, what was a very difficult, I think, potentially difficult start. And as, as much as this can be the case, I think Tata Martino goes into this space in a, in a very, very comfortable position. The, the one caveat with Tata Martino is he's doing this bit was trying to clean up the national team. And maybe that's the reason that Mexico's always gotten to that, you know, point equis and not been able to get past the hump because of indisciplines. But it's costing the national team a lot of players. There are a lot of guys who are being, Chicharito's kind of the main yeah. example of big names that are being put to the side. And at some point, Mexico doesn't have the depth of talent to like absorb all those losses. And on top of that, the fans want to see those players. So it's a different calculus when we talk about pressure in Mexico versus the U.S., um, but I think if you actually look at the table, you look at how the team's playing and who's coming back, Mexican fans right now should feel pretty good about where they are, especially compared to where they felt um, after that Gold Cup defeat against the <laughs> right, USC right, team. Right. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the pressure's very clear on Tata, especially since when it comes to you, lo when you lose a player, then he's like, all right, Funes Mori, you're Mexican. Get on here. Yeah, Fill yeah. out the paperwork. <laughs> we need <laughs> <Right>. you, buddy. <laughs> he, was like, he was like on the phone. And he's you like, know, hello, the Christian Pulisico? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you like it? You like the sound of that kid? Yeah. It's interesting though. Like it's um, it's a very different conversation down there about dual nationals. You know, naturalizados. It's um, it, it's it's a much I, I say kind of um, uglier conversation. Okay. There are people who do not want people who weren't born in Mexico on the Mexican national team. So the the fact that an Argentine manager picked an Argentine forward to replace. Mexico's, other than Hugo Sanchez, greatest striking legend um, was really like tinder to a bonfire that's always burning, not, not simmering. It's always on fire down there. So um, Raul Jimenez could not be coming back at a better time for Tata Martino because he kind of 
he diffuses all of that, especially if he plays well in scores. Okay, yeah, and yeah, wow. he got his. Uh, he finally got a goal. Uh, you know, ever since the injury again, uh, oh, uh, Premier League, it was a huge, huge a moment. moment. Yeah, uh, you know, a couple uh, uh, two weeks ago, we spoke to uh, Richie Ledesma uh, over at, at, at PSV, and he, you know, you know, obviously he he played in a friendly. And he, I mean, he's been through the U.S. Uh, youth system, um, but he is one of these guys that can still switch over if he if he chose mm-hmm. to. We saw uh, Julian uh, Araujo. Uh, of uh, LA Galaxy uh, make the switch today, I believe, uh, officially. Uh, so w- what do you think of those uh, choices? I-, I know you and Herc have these conversations often, um, but that that dual national, uh, you know, Americans playing for uh, either Mexico or, or, the, or the U.S., uh, what, what is your so, sort of feeling on these recent kind of decisions? That's a, it's a fascinating topic, right? Because it's going to be a huge part of the player pool, not just for the U.S., um, but for Mexico, and you imagine a player coming through that is really like a game changer for both and almost like an Alabama and an Auburn recruiting against each other. Right. You, you kind of imagine that showdown for young talent. I think something that we, we talk a lot about, but it's actually very difficult to pin down is identity. And, and maybe you guys will back me on this. Maybe your experiences have, have been different. For me, um, like personal identity is, is very fluid. And I think that's not something that a coach or a federation should chase. Um, you don't know if a kid is going to feel Mexican, Honduran, American from, from a week to a month. That depends on what's happening in their world, in their, in their life around them. Um, where you can impact identity is sporting identity. And I think that's where you win kind of the hearts and minds battle. And, and I think we're seeing that with a lot of these players who are choosing Mexico right now. David Ochoa is a great example. I think Julian Araujo is another example that, that, is, that is more recent of players who grew up um, maybe identifying as both Mexican and American, but from a sporting standpoint, they identified as Mexican. Yeah. And so this, if we are honest about what it is, it's a sporting decision, right? These guys, when you choose to play for Mexico, you're not saying, oh, I'm not American anymore. Or when you choose to play for the U.S., you're not saying, oh, I'm not Mexican anymore. Right. You're saying, I'm going to represent this soccer team. And so I think that's where, you know, the U.S. Soccer Federation, the teams of Major League Soccer and American Soccer as a whole, that's where they can start to make those inroads in the Mexican-American community, turn the next generation of Mexican-American kids into fans of, you know, U.S.-based soccer. And then you're going to see those kids not only playing in the academies for those teams, but ultimately committing um, to the U.S. national team, as is the case with a guy like Ricardo Pepe, right? Right. Um, He goes through the FC Dallas system. He's in the American system from a very young age. He's in the U15 team. And next thing you know, when the decision comes, it seems very much like Ricardo Pepe identified uh, as an American athlete, right? And not as a Mexican athlete. And, and that seems to, to be what the decision is. So um, I, I think on a personal level, we kind of got to leave these kids to be. I, I think where you can see the work to be done, and this is for both federations, right? Because it's going to be a, a, a nuclear arms yeah. race. It's going to be a competition, how do you Cold win the war. hearts and minds of that next generation? <laughs> exactly. It really is. It's like a propaganda yeah, yeah. war almost. Is is and so both U.S. soccer and the FMF are gonna are gonna go toe to toe in that battle. And I'm I'm super because I don't have the answers. So I'm super fascinated to see what they come up with as kind of their recruiting tools in this new recruiting war. I just okay. I picture like Thomas Ronningen being sent to someone's house with maracas, and they're like, no. <laughs> Don't do it, dude. <laughs> this didn't work before. You know, I think we, we just need Nick Saban involved. He gets everybody. Yeah. Right? Uh, Coach K, right? He gets the players he wants. Um, teach him Spanish. Let's make this decision even harder for these kids. 
Uh, the rumor of Liga Amerikis and MLS combining in, in one way or another mm-hmm. seems to be coming to fruition with this League's Cup uh, thing happening. How are you feeling about it? Um, and is this the beginning or as some people fear the beginning of what's coming next? Or is this it? This was the big feared combination of leagues. Yeah. So I am. Um, I'll say this as a Mexican-American. I, I hope the powers that be in American soccer find some other way to market the sport in this country, especially on the on the men's side that doesn't have to do with Mexico. I think um, there's obviously dollars to be made there, but there are other communities, right? That there's other outreach to be had. And, and if if soccer in this country is going to be only for Mexican-Americans, um, we're just going to end up leaving a lot of people out. So as much as I love Leagues Cup, I think it's important to say, like, this isn't the only way to turn a profit. You know, we see U.S.-Mexico friendlies almost we were seeing them every six months for a while before the pandemic. And I think when we do that, we can take something that's great and water it down. Beyond that, what I'll say to your point, Alexis, is I think I hope and I think this is the end product. Right. I hope this is for all the talk that we ever heard of merger. This is kind of like what we're settling on, because a real merger to me to me would end up killing both leagues. Like, I I don't think that's in the best interest for, for truly everybody and for the domestic soccer in those both countries, if we're being honest. Um, I think this is a, 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 a healthy compromise from the league's perspective, right? Um, the one concern for me from MLS is that what happens if you get eliminated in group phase of this yeah. and your team's terrible and goes out early in playoffs? You know how professional soccer players whose seasons might last like two months and three months, so like five months out of the year, you're a professional player. How are you really you know, getting any better, developing more, even more importantly, being seen on the world market um, in, in any relevant way? So um, I think the League's Cup is a good idea. I think the amount we're going to get it in 2023, you know, 28 teams or 27 teams from, from MLS, 18 from Liga Mekis is a little bit over the top. But if you want to include everybody – um, I don't know how you don't make this thing big. And to some extent, I'll, I'll say I'm glad that they didn't just slam this on top of the MLS schedule, because then we'd really be taking like, for me, what would be even a more disrespectful turn from player safety. Uh-huh. Right. And like what 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 it takes to put on a good product, not just throw dudes out there and put it on TV. You know, like MLS rosters are not that deep. If 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 you're only going to have a salary cap of, you know, 10, 20 million dollars max to build your team then you can't ask these guys to play 60 games like they do in Europe because we're not going to end up getting the same product and everybody's going to Yeah, so. I mean, there's going to be, the least, my perspective is there's going to be a couple exciting fixtures, but then we're also going to have to watch mm. Vancouver Whitecaps take on Queretaro, right? There's going to be some rough <laughs> yeah. ones that are going to be a little weird. You know, and what's the trade-off? Like you get an LAFC Club America, that's that's great. Um, but it, it is valuable, right? Because even in that Vancouver Queretaro, um, if, if Vancouver has to, well, <laughs> if Querétaro has to go to Vancouver, somebody will show up from yeah, Querétaro, yeah. right, to that Vancouver game. And, and Vancouver will, will get that access point to that market. And for Querétaro, they, they get their, their brand on American TV, which means all their sponsorships and all their patrocinios back in Mexico are, are, are more valuable. They can, they can sell their brand now as an international brand. So, you know, it's a win for everybody. Maybe the fans are, are saying Cincinnati, Puebla, what yeah. does this mean to me, yeah. you know? FC Cincinnati versus Club Tijuana. I mean, it might not be a huge draw. Could you make that? Could you make that case though about a lot of both MLS and Liga Mekis? Like, if if you're not a like maybe Sounders Timbers, maybe maybe Toronto FC Montreal, maybe maybe LA versus LA. But our national, our DC United fans tuning in to like 
to, to, to a national game. You know, we, we don't even do that yet for MLS. Are we going to do it for MLS versus Liga Mekis? And are they going to do the same? Right. You know, I think there's some assumptions about viewership here that, you know, remain to be unanswered oh. or remain to be answered. Okay, wow. so, so yeah, speaking of DC United fans, let's get to our Gully Squad questions. Uh, th- this is nice. uh, our opportunity, uh, your opportunity to answer questions. From- I need a Gully Squad shirt, dude. <laughs> oh, we, <laughs> we got to get to one. A Gully it's shirt, we'll get to one. I want his lame ESPN <laughs> Also, uh, such a nerd. Christian was the one who put uh, put this up. I got to show you the picture he used of you. It looks like your high school graduation photo. <laughs> it might be your first I, ESPN I, picture ever. I put up a photo in, in the Gully Squad Slack. Of, I usually just pull, pull it from Google uh, Image Search. Uh, and this is the what? photo that's up. It's like uh, you're on a gray background. It's a perfectly fine It's photo. like an up angle. You're wearing a, a plaid tie. It's just hilarious. Plaid, <laughs> you, is it like red, white, and blue tie? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. A little bit. That was the first, my first day at ESPN. They like, <laughs> I knew they it. Threw, yeah, they were like, hey, Freshman I year. Yeah, and I was like. And I think they put on like some weird. Am I very orange? Am, am yes. I kind of like orangey? Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. dude. I was not. I hate that picture. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I look. I look at this and I'm like, he wouldn't you know be what? happy. This is in here. I think. You know what? Seth? Now we got to put it on TV because you said. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. We explained it too much. So we got to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, this question is from Douglas Reyes Arone, uh, who you you may see uh, from yep, time to time yep. on on Twitter. Spirit um, Squadron. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, he goes, how, how are you feeling about Enan Losada's job at DC United? DC United, I mean, really, they've t- turned things around this year. It's been from the, even from the beginning of the season to now, uh, they've looked like a, a completely different team. And I'll, I'll add to that, I'm Dominicano, Kevin Paredes. Ooh. How excited are you about this young man? Dude, enjoy him. Enjoy him while he lasts. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's all I'll say. Enjoy him while he lasts here in MLS because that kid is, uh, is destined for bigger things, for sure. For sure. I think... Um, he's a player that we'll see in Europe before uh, before too long. DC United to me has been honestly like a, a real pleasant surprise. I think the team is, I don't know that like a, a standard coaching course would watch DC United and say, hey, hey this is what we're going to teach everybody. But from a neutral standpoint, and I'm not neutral, but just from a viewer standpoint, they're fun to watch, right? Like there got to be a point probably halfway through the season where I said, all right, I'll, I'm not going to like I'm going to force myself to watch live every game cuz I I don't want to miss the chaos. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to turn on Twitter and get that pang of like wait, DC's up 3-0 <laughs> in the first half, you know, like and and they're doing that to teams and they're doing that to 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 good teams from time to time. There are there are other moments where the team looks like, you know, it, it can't defend to save itself um and and I know that's kind of part of part of the system, part of the approach. So, I'll take it for now. I think, you know, granted kind of where the team was uh, what the team was in in the years before this, both from a results standpoint, but then beyond that, kind of just the product on the field. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's chaotic. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and and that's all we can really ask for, given kind of the the, the limited investment. And and as they grow, maybe we'll start asking for trophies and stuff. And, and I don't know that this this style wins you trophies. I don't know that it lasts, you know, for a full season. I think we're going to see a lot of like breakdowns and injuries in this team, you know, as, as things get late, because he's asking them to do a lot. Like he is really yeah. asking this team to do a ton. You see it when you watch this team play, you get tired. <laughs> and and maybe that's one of the reasons I enjoy watching it. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely like watching what I think is exceptional effort from the okay. players. We have this question from Mike Thomas, and this is just goes back to the whole uh, Mexican American thing. Uh, this is exactly what he says. He's a Philadelphia union fan. 
He said, people have asked questions about Carlos Vela in big games. What does Sebi have to say about his performance? And I mean, a beach ball being thrown in your direction here. Like, should I get popcorn for this answer? Who asked those questions? Mike Thomas, the best. Lovely. Yeah, that was an incredible moment. Yeah, I love Carlos Vela, man. I love Carlos Vela. <laughs> good, good player, that. Good yeah. player, that. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to um, say, like, the, you know, a couple, we were at uh, MLS All-Star. We got to interview uh, Bob Bradley. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> and we made him laugh, by the way. Right, right, right. And as we the were, exact opposite of what you <laughs> as as I was uh, up, like beginning the interview, all, all I had in my head was, "Man, I hope he doesn't treat us like Sebi." You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, we disarmed him. He was comfortable. We were talking about Ted Lasso. That's why, yeah. If if only Ted Lasso had existed when you had interviewed him. It would have been a much calmer and sweeter interview. And most people you don't know? know that when you interviewed him, Sebi, when when the exchange happened, you came directly to us. We were standing right there <laughs> right at that game. There. So we got the fresh reaction from you. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I forgot about that. Yeah. Man. What a what a blur. What a what a moment that all was. That was crazy. That was like my first time ever getting caught up in like something viral. And Oh my, I, the, the amount of phone calls I got from people. My mom to this day still holds a grudge against <laughs> Bob Bradley. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> she loves LAFC because she loves Carlos Vela. So she like used to watch LAFC religiously. She loved how they played. And then that happened. And I don't know, not, not, not bad vibes. It's um, it, no, it un demonio. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe better than anybody, my mom actually understands Bob Bradley's frustration with me. It's okay. a good point. The, the point. I, like, I, I I've been there, saw Bob. the interview or like a clip of it that, of you guys and Bob, and I really was taken aback at how relaxed and like happy and friendly he was. And just like you were thinking, boy, I hope he doesn't treat us like he did Sevilla. I saw that interview and said, man, I, like, I am envious of, <laughs> of, of the chemistry that these guys have with Bob. What a, what a moment to have been. Okay, yeah, you know? We were so scared. We were like, he's going to tell us to screw off. <laughs> <laughs> what can we say? We're amazing at what we do, Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sebastian Salazar, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been an absolute honor. We, there's way too many things to talk about. We got to get you back on the show uh, real, real soon. Uh, is there anything you want to let people know about before we let you go? No, nah, man, just watch watch the new show on ESPN Plus, Football Americas with Hercules Gomez. We try to cover kind of everything in the umbrella, same things you do, U.S. Women's National Team, NWSL, uh, and Major League Soccer, U.S. Men's National Team. Anything anything that has to do with soccer in the U.S., Mexico, North America, we, we try to be on it. So uh, we do that show twice a week, Mondays, Thursdays on ESPN Plus. Check it out, and uh, we'll see you on the desk for the qualifiers. We got one on October 7th against Jamaica, and then – we're also doing the, the last of the three games, October 13th, um, against Costa Rica, that game back in Columbus. So it should be two pretty good games and two like pretty awesome backdrops, you know, two right. new stadiums with roofs yeah. that should be loud. So uh, we're really looking forward to it on ESPN. Those, those games will be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yes. And if you're watching this live right now on the 7th, the uh, U.S.-Jamaica game is happening right after this interview. So please uh, switch over to ESPN because it's on Football TV as well. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. And by the so way, thank let, you for everything you said about the NWSL and the players. Very necessary. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, everyone should America, watch Football America. Incredible show. You know, yes. uh, I, check it out regularly. Uh, you and Herc do amazing work. Uh, so, yeah, keep, keep it going. Um, okay. Uh, all right. We got to get to our uh, Golasso gift. This is your opportunity to celebrate. <laughs> 
celebrate a goal that we will turn and we will clip and we will turn it into a gift that will live on the internet forever. Alexis will give you a scenario and feel free to celebrate it however you like. Alexis, what do you suggest? Let's see. For some reason, you're playing in an ESPN match, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. got some of the announcers versus some other folks. And you go, you line up to score the final penalty. It's gone to penalties. And if you sink this, uh, not only does DC United win an MLS Cup, but Bob Bradley has to apologize to you <laughs> live on TV. You score the penalty, and you see Bob walking to you to apologize. How do you celebrate? Ya me motivaste, Yes. Yes. Um, that's the first, an earthquake. The first time in Coolidge's cool history. Break, break the equipment. Yes, I love it. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see me run out of the room, huh? I know. I miss, we missed that part, but we got the idea. Yeah, you know it was amazing. Golazo <laughs> gift. Go, uh, thank you so much, Effie, for that. We appreciate it. Everybody, uh, uh, make sure uh, you follow us at Soccer Cooligans on all social channels. Uh, make sure you follow at Fubo Sports as well. And subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for full episodes of the show, full interviews, and more clips of all the other great shows here on Fubo Sports Network. All right, Sevi, thank you so much again for doing that. Let us end the show the way we normally do as is tradition. So please join us in this as well. So for Sebastian Salazar, yo soy Cristian Polanco. Y yo soy Alexis Guerreros. <laughs> and together, what are we? Los, Los Cooligans! Cooligans! <laughs>